We're about to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Bro. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We are NXT! This is what you call a paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to the WWE vs. AEW podcast. We are back, back after, well, obviously we did the uh, return sort of like just discussion on last week's show, but we're back. We're back to review AEW, back to review NXT. So, yeah, I sort of explained on the previous show, for people who maybe didn't, um, our last show on the WWE versus AEW podcast was the end of February. Obviously, since then, the world turned upside down with COVID-19, and, well, it just didn't really, I don't know, I'm going to be honest with you, I just took a break from wrestling. A lot of stuff was going on, a lot of stuff. Um, so I just thought it was best to take a break to just reassess things, but we are back. We did the show talking about the previous couple of months of the WWE versus AEW Wednesday Night Wars, but now we're back. We're back weekly talking about the two shows, talking about the Wednesday Night Wars. And well, this week's two shows, um, they were, I don't know, for me, I thought that Dynamite was a really good show. NXT was... It was debatable, but um, yeah, we'll talk about that as the show goes on. Um, news, there's not really too much news. Um, as I say, the upcoming events that we've got, we've got AWR still going ahead with Double or Nothing, May 23rd. I shall be watching it. I don't know if any of you saw the t-shirts that AW released of um, just basically the Double or Nothing, sort of stolen a little bit from those. WrestleMania shirts, I wasn't there, but it just has the Double or Nothing logo on the front with I watched at home on the back. So maybe if you want like a little collector's item, order yourself one of those. I might even order myself one, um, depending on money. But yeah, hope, hope you're all doing well. Um, I feel like we had a good run, didn't we? We had October till February, week by week, talking about Dynamite, talking about NXT. I myself, um, during some of these empty week shows, I had been watching some of the opening episodes of Dynamite and it was just great to watch it with a crowd. Um, for those people who maybe, I don't know, have just started watching the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, the Young Bucks versus Private Party from week two. It was a great match, a great match. Go back and watch that match. Um, it was a lot better than I remembered it being. Even looking at our archives, we will have reviewed that match at the time. But yeah, so on to this week's action, a little bit of an introduction there, but um, myself and Danny actually um, reviewed the show on another podcast, so I'm just going to take you to that first, um, so we're reviewing Dynamite as ever first, but we're going to um, 
We're going to start by just quickly, as although in these sort of times, a lot of people are saying the ratings don't really matter, but I'm sure, judging by some of the stuff they've been putting on the upcoming shows, the ratings do actually matter. Um, but this week's ratings, for me, a fully deserved victory for Dynamite. Um, Dynamite AEW got 693,000 viewers to NXT's 637,000 viewers. So a victory of 56,000 viewers for AEW. I'm sure the ratings aren't really what you'd want. Obviously, AEW were pushing 800, 900,000 before this whole COVID-19 epidemic. Um, but now... I don't know, as we've seen everything, the Raw ratings are at the lowest they've ever been. Um, I think the Drew McIntyre-Seth Rollins segment on Monday Night Raw was one of the lowest segments in Raw's history. SmackDown, for the first time on Friday, dropped below 2 million viewers. Um, so yeah, it's no surprise that the ratings are down during these times. Hopefully they come back. As I said, I think the Dynamite shows have been brilliant, and the NXT shows... For me, they're not doing much. Um, but we will get that into that in a short while. So AEW pick up the victory for the week on the first... The last, sorry, week in April for the ratings. So we'll be on to May next week. So I'm just going to quickly take you... Not quickly, but I'm going to take you to mine and Danny's review of AEW Dynamite that we take for another show. It didn't seem to make much sense in me going through it. Um, again, after already going through it with Danny. So here we go. Um, I'm going to insert the audio now for myself and Danny's review of AW Dynamite from Atlanta, Georgia from the last Wednesday in April. Um, but yeah, so I thought this show, as I say, I messaged you saying I'd definitely go out and watch. So the show opened up with um, the, it was like a package for the Cody Rolls Darby Allen um, opening match for really, the semi final. Really good match as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, people like, say, like, for might have forgotten. I mean, I obviously remembered their match from, was it Fighter Fest? I, I think it was from yeah. Fighter Fest um, last year, where it obviously went to the 20-minute time draw. And that was a really good match. That sort of was when people first started to, like, get onto this whole Darby Allen character. Um, and then they had a match which I'd sort of forgotten about from the New Year's Day at Daly's Place, where um, I think... Was it Arn Anderson sort of helped? He told Cody to put his deeds up for the coffin drop to get the win. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it, uh, Darby Allen's basically saying it's not about the beginning, it's not about the middle, it's about the end. That's the what matters. And I'm thinking, oh, are they gonna have? Are they gonna have Darby Allen go over here? But yeah, I just thought. And then the match itself opened the show, and I just thought, considering obviously there's no crowd, I thought they worked a really good match. Uh, they told out. They told a really good story with Darby working on. Cody's knee. We have a bit of tension, maybe. I, I think that was a funny spot, Daddy. Do you know where? Um, basically, what what was it like? Darby dodged Brandy, and what the Cody goes straight into Darby goes straight into Brandy Rhodes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Jericho's like, he did that on purpose. <laughs> Jericho is amazing. He's like. Cody deliberately did that, and then it showed the replay, and you could just see Cody sort of brush Darby's back towards um, Brandy, and then Jericho's in, what, see, I told you, I told you. <laughs> I was laughing my head off. I think Jericho on commentary, he's, 
he's not technically brilliant. He, he will, you know, he will interrupt people. He will over. He will, he will speak over people. But he's absolutely hilarious. He, he, like he reminds me of when CM Punk used to do commentary. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, he's great, Danny. I, feel, I just I feel like in this sort of day and age, with what, like, do you know what I mean? With I'm sick of talking about this stupid COVID nineteen, but um, with everything that's going on, someone like Jericho on commentary, it's just what you need. It sort of gets you free, makes up for the not being a crowd. Um, he's he's just brilliant on commentary, just brilliant. Um, but yeah, so the match ends with um. D- Cody Rhodes hits the coffin drop on Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen kicks out. I haven't actually got a note in front of me on this. Um, but then what does Cody... Cody goes... What what happens, Danny? I, I know that um, with, with the ending of the match, is it Cody that... Darby hits the coffin drop on Cody and Cody sort of like... Like just sort of hooks his well, shoulder back. Yeah, so Alan... Alan hit the, the coffin drop and Cody basically reversed it into like a, uh, I can't remember the, the name of the pin, but it's like a sideways, cru- it's like what you finish a crucifix pin with. Um, so he he done it and I think there was a little bit of um, intrigue as to whether who got who, um, yeah. but obviously it was Cody who got the, uh, the game. I thought it was a really, really good match. Um, I've got to be honest with you, I think both Rhodes brothers shone tonight, but this was the first one. Cody just makes everyone, everyone look better than they actually are. Um, it's it, it's hard for me not to like him. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying anything about Darby. Darby had a great match the week before as well, but um, they, they've got really good chemistry, these two together. I feel like a yeah. comparison, obviously not as good as this, but say like with the in New Japan, they're doing the whole Okada Will Ospreay, and it's like, Will Ospreay, w- will he ever beat Okada? He always comes close, but Okada seems to always get the pin over, and they've faced three or four times now. And when Ospreay eventually does beat Okada in a few years, that's going to be huge. And I feel like they've sort of got that with this. Where like when Darby Allen eventually does get that big win over Cody down the line, it's going to be a huge moment for him. And we even had speaking of Okada, we even had Cody sort of hitting his own little rainmaker and then maintaining wrist control. So yeah, bit of a nod to Okada there from Cody Rhodes during this match. But yeah, it was a really good match and it sort of like just set up the tone for the show. I was surprised that it opened, but I was trying to think why would this open over the main event, and then it hit me. They probably planned to do this on two separate weeks because a few times on this show, you'd notice people having different outfits on. Like, I think Brandy came back out with a different outfit on to watch right, the opening okay. match. And then um, it was just like a few little things. I just thought, would they have done that on the same week? But maybe they didn't. But I, I think I, I think it opened hot. Um and, and it closed hot as well, but we'll, we'll go into that a bit more. Um, they are throwing in a couple of jobber matches, aren't they? Um, on each, you know, I know we spoke talked about the way what happened with Kenny the other week, but um, the next one was that Wardlow versus a another jobber. Um, it was all right, it was all right match, but I think there seems to be more of it here than there is. In WWE, yeah. See, I thought that, but then I watched NXT, and I felt like they sort of like did had a few of these like jobber matches. But I thought Wardlow, I, I like that movie did with the knee. Yes, you know, at, on the at the corner, I thought that could easily be used as a finisher, and then obviously like a, an aeroplane spin sort of move for the win. But it's just 
it's just plodding along in it really keeping the stuff going um Wardlow it's getting just... more exposure on TV can only be a good thing because he'd sort of took a back seat to MJF um well, as the week's gone on he's made it made them look strong that's the main thing it served its purpose um but I don't think it's going to be the kind of belt anyone's going to be talking about in coming weeks but what we have missed out or what I have missed out Scorpio is, Sky yes but also the um the the MJF promo about his injury yeah, talking really? about how his nail and then he cut himself he, shaving. He said he's got the doctor said he's got the strongest nails he's ever seen, uh, and that he'll be back. But I think it's just great. This again, it's it's probably down to due to logistics not being able to get there. But every week, it's just he, he's so good at getting being that shit out of him. Yeah, see, for me, I prefer the Scorpio Sky thing to the MJ. I don't know the MJ thing. You sort of expect it from him, but. Feel like Scorpio Sky has sort of like he sort of like broke out at the start of AEW with like he had his main event match with Jericho. Um, he had a match I think where he he came out and wrestled for an injured Christopher Daniels without a shoe on, and then I just thought that they'd be, each week Danny they'd be doing these packages sort of building him up, like he always felt like he was going to be the third man going into SCU. But I just love the line at the end for him where he was like, "I don't want to be good." I don't even want to be great. I want to be a fucking legend. And I just mm. thought, I don't know. I, I feel like they might have something with Scorpio Sky. Um, there's a lot of, lot of um, I don't know, I think I read it somewhere that Tony Khan is a huge fan of Scorpio Sky. Um, but yeah, he's been one that's impressed me during um, the opening. What What is it now? Nine months of Dynamite? Seven, eight months of Dynamite? But yeah, so... And then what, what did you make of this? Uh, what is it? The... The bubbly bunch. What this this? It's not oh, doing it for me. Did you, I thought it was hilarious. I've got to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's filling time. But I've got to be honest. I found it quite funny because it was having a knock on all the uh, don't rush videos, wasn't it? Um, where they were get everyone was getting either super kicked or hit by the camera or a headbutt. I just I just thought it was quite it was quite amusing. Nah. It was all right. What about the next match? Kip, Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc versus the best friends. I was not expecting this to be as good as it was. No, it's exactly the same. Um, again, it's the. I think, again, on this one, the, the people who were outside, the, the other wrestlers who were outside the ring, uh, I think they even started that this is the awesome chance or something like that. But it's great that they, it helped the match. Um, I think the fact that they were, um, you know, they were hitting each other with chairs and the, the mini ladder, um, but they were doing double team moves as well. Um, I thought it, I, 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 it was a lot better than I was expecting. Um, I think it was a decent match. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I love Orange Cassidy being in there with best friends as well. I think he adds something to it. Yeah, definitely. But it, I just thought it was a nice, crazy brawl, middle of the show. Um, I thought it, it could even have an argument of being the best match on the show, um, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, Jericho did make a point of why are they tagging, which did come into my head at a point. But there was some brutal, these guys were killing themselves, really, considering there's no crowd. Do you know what I mean? It's just a middle of the match show. They were, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were taking some heavy bumps. Yeah, I agree. And I think... 
the, I, I think I'd quite like to see Kip Sabian and um, Jimmy Havoc again as a team. Um, that, that's what that's what I got from it. Um, yeah, that's where they're going to go, I think. Complemented each other well, obviously because they're both British. Um, it, it makes you know it makes sense. The typical typical thing to do, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of this. Um, now the next match, I think I'm going to have to leave to you the Sean Spears match because I didn't see much of it at all. Oh, neither did I. I was barely paying attention. I think before that, did we have a Brit? Maybe it was after a Brit Baker video package. Oh yeah, um, where she was being horrible about Tony Schiavone. <laughs> but I don't know. Britt Baker's getting herself over as the weeks go on. See, I just feel like this with like obviously like the empty arena stuff. It is a way you can get people over with your video packages. I feel like AEW are doing a great job with that Scorpio Sky. They've been doing this with Britt Baker. Um, a few weeks ago, they did a few video packages with Lance Archer. There is, as you alluded to, MJF. You can make great use of video packages. Um, yeah. during this period in time. And I do think they're doing a really good job with it. Um, it doesn't all have to be in the ring. But yeah, I'm re- the last two weeks, I've loved Dynamite. Really, I've loved it. I had a spell where I was like, oh, I don't want to watch wrestling in front of empty arenas, but I ain't going month on month without watching wrestling. Um, and I've really enjoyed the last two episodes of Dynamite. But yeah, Sean Spears defeats Baron Black. Sean Spears can consider himself lucky that WWE granted his release. 12 months ago, because I'm telling you right now, I would not see a chance in hell that AEW would have signed him if it had been now. You know, like with all the other people available on the free market, I just feel like, I don't feel like he's suited to AEW. Um, I just feel like it was the timing more than anything that got him the job when WWE allowed him his release a year ago. He just, he just doesn't really fit for me. I don't want to, like, bury the guy, do you know what I mean? I'm glad he's got a job or whatever, but I just don't think he's very good. And you see, he's, he's, got one major, he's got one major, major thing going for him. Peyton Royce. No. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's one of Cody's best mates. Yeah. And he, I, he, he can do a job. Where, where he's being placed at the moment, I don't mind. I don't mind watching him. I don't think he's terrible. But at the same time, it's a lot better guys there. Um, so, yeah, I kind of agree, but I kind of dumps as well. I, I, if he'd got released in this latest batch out, just due to his friendship with Cody, I could have seen him being taken on. But, as it is, not the case. Um, we go into Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. I love um, this video package building up. You know, building it up before. <laughs> I thought it like... Do you know what I mean? It just showed, like, it was, what was it? It was just like a squash match, weren't it? Yeah. But they sort of built up why Marco Stunt was, like, in the match um, and that he wasn't just going to roll over. I just thought it was a nice little video package to build up Marco Stunt. And I don't know, Danny, I enjoyed the match, considering it was a squash match. Jericho put him over really well on commentary as well. Um, you you got to give him a stew there. He was constantly talking about how he you know he changed his mind and Tony Schiavone saw him out his heart and this that and the other. And yeah, so I, I can't I can't get what they were doing. What I've I may as well bring it up. The I've got a problem with Brody Lee. I think either he is hugely underperforming. Or he's not given the ability to actually go 100%, which I would kind of understand because of the situation 
at the moment, they may want him to save his best in front of a live crowd. But at the moment, his gear looks like shit. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Doesn't it look terrible, that gear? He looks awful. He looks like he looks like a minimum um a, a minimum effort creator wrestler on one of the games you used to play years ago. Um I don't understand it. It doesn't go with his character. Um it, it, it looks poor. Um in, in the ring he's doing what he always does, you know, big man who's got a lot of bit athleticism. But in terms of both his promos and the way he the way he acts inside the ring, I don't I don't like it. Um I think he, he he promised more than that. He was much better in Ring of Honor. Um and he was I'll be honest with you, he was much better in WWE for me. His character was much much more on point. Um and you know, if he's being portrayed as a top heel in AEW, that's fucking terrible. See now I'm gonna sort of disagree, but I I don't know if you've seen the video packages with the first few weeks when he was in the Dark Order. With, him, like, boss, like, with, with a steak where he's eating the steak or whatever. And he's basically playing off Vince McMahon, yeah. Yeah, I liked that stuff. I thought that was good. No, I, didn't then, not, I didn't not like it. It just wasn't, it didn't have as much substance as it should have. Uh, see, I, I saw, I saw, I thought it was fine. But it, it's more, that's good. And then it's more when he's actually out there in front of the cameras. I'm looking at his ring gear and I'm thinking, yeah. you look like the guy who was in WWE and then six months later would show up in TNA looking a little bit out of shape, a little yeah. bit like they're not too fussed about what's going on, in the shit gear he was just there for a paycheck. I mean, I'm sure that's not the reason, because I no, think he's I motivated to prove Vince McMahon wrong, but I, the ring gear needs to be sorted ASAP for me, because okay. wrestling's all about presentation. Look at... You look at certain wrestlers that we've seen, they can just get themselves over by a theme tune of the presentation of the character. Um, but yeah, I think ring gear is, as much as people say, no, it's what they do in the ring matters. Ring gear, presentation resonates with wrestling fans. It really does, you're right. And, but it's... It, 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 like, you look at his character in, um, in WWE, and it was it wasn't it wasn't like expensive gear, it was jeans and a t shirt apart from when he was with in the Bludgeon Brothers with, you know. But it was like a, a white vest top and jeans. And he had a presence. He had his hair out, he was a bit mad looking sometimes. Um he had a presence in the ring. He hasn't got that at the moment so far in AEW. Um and talk about Presentation and what what you've just said there about um, about Brody Lee. Look at Lance Archer. Yeah. Previously, Lance Hoyt of Brody TNA, where he was he was all he, like he, he he didn't have anything going. He couldn't get a swell of support. He was wearing black black pleather kecks, and you know his hair was hair was down. Look at him now. The way he's got his hair, he's tattooed up. The ring gear. Um, he, the murder hawk gimmick, it's completely, completely different. Yet it's the same fella doing a lot of the same stuff with, uh, and he has worked on his physique. But the presentation is important and it does play into the match, it plays into the storyline. And I mean, we'll go, may as well transition onto this match now. Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes. 
which for me was the match of the night. But I think it could have been this. And I think it could have been Cody versus Allen. And as you said, you you enjoyed the um, the the tag team match as well. So, what was your thoughts on this Dustin Rhodes Lance Archer and the TNT title tournament? I feel like I've got a lot of thoughts on this match. I th- as it's going, I'm watching them thinking, yep, this is good, this. And then at halfway through, I'm thinking, I wouldn't have it go on so long. I yeah. think Lance Archer should be a killer. He should be beating Dustin Rhodes in five minutes. And then I'm watching it, I'm thinking, yeah, the ma- if you sit there solely and you think to yourself, right, this match, if you sat there with a stopwatch thinking, why has this match gone 15 minutes, yeah? But with the way it ends, the way mm-hmm. it ends where... um. Archer has made him bleed, looks like a killer, beats him clean. I'm so happy that he's using the EDB claw, EBD claw, whatever. Um, I love that finisher that he'd been using in New Japan. I don't mm. think I'd seen it yet in AEW. Maybe I've missed something. Um, but I did. the ending sort of, for me, redeemed the fact that the match had gone on far too long and that uh, Dustin Rhodes did have a bit too much offence for me. Um, but... The lasting memory of this match was the ending, not the fact that Dustin Rhodes got um, too much offence in the match. But for me, the favourite spot, Danny, was Jericho's trying to name a he's trying to name a state in Texas, and he can't think of it. And he goes, "We'll just move on." And then about thirty seconds later, he just randomly starts screaming, "Dallas, El Paso, um, three of them." Yeah, and I'm just and then. Tony Schiavone joins in and shout names one as well. I'm just thinking this is brilliant. But uh, yeah. well, t- I'd love for Schiavone and Jericho to have their own little podcast together. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the, the uh, AEW podcast with Tony Schiavone and um, the um, Aubrey is very good from what I've listened to. I haven't listened to the Taz one yet, but all the rest of them uh, have come across really, really well. Uh, side note that though. I thought this match... It's it's length helped it, but I understand why people don't didn't like it. I like the fact that it showed it showed Dustin as he was that he was that veteran who was going to keep coming back and keep coming back. But then it actually played into the story of what I imagine will uh, you know going forward. It's going to, I think it's the next match, isn't it? Uh, Cody versus uh, Lance Archer. So Cody come out and was about to throw the towel and Dustin stopped him. Put Dustin over well, it put Cody over well as the caring brother and it also put Archer over as this fucking um, as a cold-hearted killer. So I think it worked well and told the story for all all the, the the three main participants in this match, if you can call Cody a participant. Yeah, I mean, they did this. Did they do the spot? I feel I don't know if I'm just like imagining this, but didn't they do the spot where um, the the where like Dustin sort of like rolled up Lance Archer, sort of like um, Cody did to Darby Allen in the first match. I'm sure Lance Archer hit a move, and like Dustin sort of just like yanked the shoulders back. As mm. like, sort of like a nod to the first match. I thought that was a great spot. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I'm sure that that happened. I'm thinking that was a nice little throwback to the first match. But yeah, they, they sort of like set up Cody versus um, Lance for double or nothing. Um, but yeah, Danny, we've watched an hour and a half of wrestling in front of no fans. We've had three really good matches. 
some nice little, we had the Scorpio Sky, you liked the MJF interview, we had the John Moxley um, interview as well. So we've had three nice little vignettes, whatever you want to call them, three really good matches. What I don't see what more people could want, you know, from well, an hour and a half wrestling show. This is what we were talking about when me and Dan were speaking. Dan told me it's, uh, it was a really good episode. Um, I went on and enjoyed it. But a lot of feedback to say that this wasn't good. I think, personally, I think people are seeing the job as matches and writing it off completely um, and, and losing interest. Because we all know if, you, if your interest drops during the show, you, you never really take notice of all the little nuances that go on after that. And you don't enjoy it as much if if you're interested. And I think that might be what's happening. Yeah, I, sp- I suppose. I don't know. I'm just... You can always look at your phone for the f- couple of minutes that the job is matches around. It's not like they take up too much time. Um, obviously, for the Sean Spears one, I'm pretty sure I went, got a can of Pepsi Max Cherry Coke and just cracked on with it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um uh, well, I honestly can't say, but I really enjoyed it. You did, but other than that, I've seen a lot of comments to the contrary. Mm, I thought it was a really good show. Two, I don't know, three really good matches. What more could you want? So, yeah, that was the review of Dynamite for you. Um, Danny, give him a follow on Twitter at DannyNWPod. Um, subscribe if you enjoyed that there's more of that from me and Danny we do a weekly show usually joined by Tebs Um, we've got Money in the Bank previews coming up Uh, we'll be reviewing Money in the Bank and we have a weekly show as well so subscribe to us on YouTube you can also catch weekly the WWE versus AEW podcast on the Neutral Wrestling YouTube channel just go on YouTube and search Neutral Wrestling so that was your AEW review and I'm going to quickly, and I am quickly going to talk about NXT. For me, this show did nothing for me. I've got to be brutally honest. The whole point of this show is to give a week-by-week viewpoint of the Wednesday Night Wars from my point of view. And I'm going to be honest, I was bored. I was bored throughout the show. Um, The show was basically based around the Cruiserweight title, which over the last few years we've been taught to have little to no interest in. Um, Obviously, they had the Leo Rush um, Angel Garza feud um, at the start of the Wednesday Night Wars, which did bring that title up. But since Jordan Devlin won that title at the NXT versus NXT UK show in January, wow, that's it. <laughs> that show seems like years ago. But since that happened, there's not really been much going on with that title. Jordan Devlin's been the champion, so he's vacated the title, and they're doing a round robin. Style tournament for that belt. We had Shane Strickland defeating Phantasmo. Don't even know really much about that. That was a fine. It was a nothing pretty much match. Um, we had Candice LeRae versus Casey Catanzaro. Candice LeRae's got a new heel gimmick with Johnny Gargano. And Candice wins with a stomp called the Evil Stepsister. Which her theme song by the way is like. It's like an awful progress theme. If those people who were unfortunate enough to watch Progress in recent years will adhere to. Um, next, we had the most interesting, I'm not sure if it worked, I still can't decide, part of the show is we had Matt Riddle and his new tag team partner, because Pete Dunne is stuck in the UK, Timothy Thatcher. First time I've seen Thatcher in NXT, very bizarre, because he's, um, he's basically 
he's American, but he's basically been on the European independent scene, a very serious grappler. Um, so surprised that he went to WWE, but hey, he's here. Um, him and Riddle do have a bit of history. They have like a really weird segment that Byron Saxon, Saxton hosts. Um, I don't know, he makes a joke about WWE putting random teams together. Um, they're asking each other questions. One that did tickle me was um, they asked, as a professional wrestler, where's the craziest place you've done it? Um, and Timothy Thatcher says, in the ring, but I once had a triple threat on a laundry mat. And Riddle holds up the sign saying, threesome washing machine. Riddle, oozing with character, wasted on NXT, should be on the main roster. Hopefully when his contract expires, or hopefully he asks for his release. And he can go across to AEW or New Japan, where he will be used better than he has been during his run on NXT. Riddle, as ever, the theme of this podcast is that Riddle is the best thing on NXT. Um, Imperium attack at the end of the segment, and it looks like we're going with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher versus Imperium. Uh, Walter wasn't on the show, I'm assuming he's stuck in Europe, but Walter and Timothy Thatcher were tag team partners in um, Europe, so it wouldn't surprise me if this all ended with maybe Thatcher turning on Matt Riddle once Pete Dunne's back and he maybe joins Imperium because Timothy Thatcher and Walter always been sort of tag team partners and in stables, ring camped for you European wrestling fans, um, so next we have um, Adam Cole talking about next week's match with Velveteen Dream we have Charlotte versus Mia Yim in it a noisy, sloppy match. That's what I've got in my notes. It was, honestly, I was sat there, I put a tweet up on Twitter saying, my next door neighbours must be thinking, why is this guy watching porn in the middle of the morning? Because it was just a lot of screaming. It was a sloppy match. I was bored. Didn't really enjoy this match. Dexter Loomis versus Shane Thorne. Nothing needs to be said about that. Um, Drake Maverick defeats Tony Nese. And... Cuts a Wolf of Wall Street like promo where he says, I ain't fucking leaving. So, I don't know. It, the rumours are saying Drake Maverick has actually left WWE, but it does seem like they're putting a lot of. I think they've noticed that that promo that Maverick put up on Twitter did get him a lot of attraction, and maybe they don't actually want him to leave. So, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow this ends up with Drake Maverick. Why would you have Drake Maverick, who's been released, go over one of your wrestlers? But. Hey, WWE, strange company. Main event, Keith Lee beats Damian Priest. Can you be honest, I fast forward through this match, I'd lost interest in the show. And you might be saying, why are you reviewing WWE versus AEW if you're not watching the show? I'm just giving a weekly view and my how I felt watching the two shows. And I, by the time I got to this main event, I had lost interest. So I fast forwarded it. Shoot me. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so this show for me wasn't much. But next week's NXT, we've got Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream for the NXT title and Charlotte versus Io Shirai. So I'll be definitely paying more attention to next week's NXT. Hopefully they have a better show. Um, from AEW, we have Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. And I'm probably expecting John Moxley and MJF match to be set up. So the winner of the week... Obviously, the winner of the week goes to Dynamite this week. Really good Dynamite show. Um, and NXT, as I've said, pretty much bored me. So AEW smashed it in terms of winner of the week. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. 
Um, I hope you've enjoyed the sort of shortened return of the podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the two big shows as we head to the road towards Double or Nothing. So make sure you check that out. Um, Subscribe on YouTube at Neutral Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter, WWE versus AEW. And support the podcast during these tough times at www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed the return of the podcast and we will be back next week to talk about the Wednesday Night Wars.